And in Colombia, um, a week into being there, I went to a conscious cannabis ceremony. And while in the ceremony, it was good versus evil in my head, constantly going for hours, like who I am, all of my thoughts, all of my memories, like all the people I've hurt, all the people I've let down, like all of my bad decisions that I've done in my life, just complete deterioration of my ego. Cause I've heard that ayahuasca was going to attack my ego first, but lo, lo and behold, the cannabis attacked my ego. Well, hello, lovely listeners. Today I have the gorgeous Anya Halama. Anya is a spiritual life mentor. She's also a best-selling author, a healer and intuitive digital artist. I don't think I've met one of those yet, so I'm intrigued about that. And um, Anya is a world traveler, and she just told me she's in, Me- pronounce it for me again, Metajay? Metajay. Which is in Colombia, and um, I, I've heard a lot of good things about it, so maybe Anya will talk about that. And Anya has helped thousands of heart-centered entrepreneurs, uh, a girl after my own heart, align with their ideal clients to attract wealth, health, love, mental health, and spiritual wealth. Well, what's not to love about all of that? And um, I know Anya uh, used to be in the corporate world, again, like like a lot of us, and um, left after pretty much burnout by the by the looks of it and wanted a better life and uh, and it sounds and looks like that's exactly what she's doing so welcome Anya it's an absolute pleasure to have you here thank you so much Mel I'm excited to be here oh. um, and I think you said before we booked this meeting um, that you were off in the jungle for two years two, two months or something soon Yes, October, November. I'm going away to jungle school, as one of my friends <laughs> called it, and I've just been calling it that ever since. Um, but I am initiated into an ayahuasca tribe. Oh, now I am intrigued. Right, okay. Uh, I, I had a shamanic sound bath on Saturday night um, and a, a cacao ceremony for the first time. I hadn't done cacao before, so... Um, so right, okay. Well, I would love to um, you to introduce yourself, and our listeners always love a bit of a backstory. And what was it that basically all of a sudden transported you into the world that you're now in? So, it's <laughs> yeah. you. <laughs> yes. So like Mel said, um, I ha- do a whole slew of different things. Um, I like calling them like a little toolbox for different clients. Different people need different help and different support. So I have a whole slew of different things that I do. I wear many hats and I love doing it. It definitely keeps me busy. But my life started off. Um, so my dad was in a work accident when I was 10 years old. And because he was in a work accident, we were immigrants coming to the US. I was the one going to doctor's offices, legal offices, translating all the documents, um, just had to grow up a lot much quicker than any normal 10 year old, which led me to have a lot of resentment towards my parents having my childhood taken away, just a lot of trauma dealing with all of that. But because of that, I had to, um, I graduated high school early, graduated college early, and I started working in corporate America very early on. At 17 years old, I was already in corporate America, which is crazy. Mm. But um, while in corporate America, again, 17, 18, 19 years old, I was making a shiz ton of money that no 19 year old should be making, spending it on all the wrong things, going down all the wrong paths, drugs, alcohol, uh, sex, drugs, rock and roll, pretty much. It was fun. I won't, I don't regret those times. (laughs) It made me into the person that I am today. I needed those moments, very different person. 
Um, so I, I went down a bad path and I got one, I got really jaded Two, I also, I was really sick, anxiety, depression, insomnia, stuff going on at home, stuff going on in corporate, the corporate world, just stress of life, a lot of things. So I was very sick. Um, I was going blind. Doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. I couldn't eat anything. I was allergic to every single food out there, just very sick. And I was looking for a way to heal myself, essentially. Western medicine wasn't working anymore. I went to doctors on doctors on specialists on specialists. And they're like, we don't know what's wrong with you. Like, here's some more pills. Like, it'll numb you. <laughs> And I was dating a guy at the time whose dad was an alternative medicine doctor. And he's like, well, Western medicine isn't working for you. Why don't you go to my dad? I'm like, I guess. <laughs> but I'm like this woo woo stuff. Like, I don't know if this is for me. I didn't believe in any of it at the time. So because I didn't believe it, like everything that we did, all of the supplements I went on, all of the techniques that he taught me, none of it worked because I didn't believe in any of it. <laughs> and one day I pretty much woke up and I'm like, you know what? My health is the most important thing. If I don't have my health, I don't have anything else. And I was also looking of a way to escape Chicago, uh, which is a crazy hustle bustle city, like nonstop, the rat race, go, 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 just very toxic. So I was looking for a way to escape that. And I woke up one day, bought a one-way ticket to Thailand and went into my manager's office, quit my job, sold my car, sold my apartment. Within two weeks, I put everything in storage and left to Thailand. It's been eight years and I've still been on that one-way ticket pretty much. Wow. <laughs> Thankfully now, like I found my home, Medellin is home for me now, but I've been pretty much just nonstop going from country to country. The last five years I have been in Medellin. And while there, I started healing myself. Life in Thailand was a lot more inexpensive than life in America. I could go to mm. meditation classes. I could go to yoga classes at an affordable rate, which I didn't really have a corporate job anymore. So I'm like, where's money coming from? I don't know. My background is in graphic design and marketing. So it was really easy for me to transition into the online world. So I still had some clients. I did um, graphic design. Quick question. Yes. <laughs> uh, before, before you go straight into what you're doing now, but um, what was it, unless I missed it, sorry, what was it that made you sell everything up and move to Thailand? Well, I didn't sell everything. Everything's still in storage. I've been paying for a storage unit for the last eight years. But you sold, sold your my car, sold my apartment. Yeah. Yes. Um, and then I went to Thailand. It was I was looking for a way to heal myself, essentially. Like I right. knew my health was the most important thing. And I was looking for a way to escape Chicago as well, because Chicago is very toxic. I had a lot of stress. I wanted to escape my family as well, because I had a lot of family trauma. So I was just looking for a way out, essentially. And why Thailand? Given that the woo-woo stuff was not quite for you at the time, obviously Thailand is known for spirituality and, and all of that. Well, I didn't know Thailand was known for spirituality. I just knew it was as far away from Chicago as possible. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's all I knew about Thailand. I didn't know what language they even spoke in Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, get me as far away from Chicago and my family and work as possible. And I know that it's cheap, so I can live affordably over there. <laughs> right. Got yeah. 
And did you did you have a relationship or anything when you did all of this, or were you single? Was it just easy for you to go right? Let's get rid yeah, of them. I was sing. I was single and um, no kids. Single. I was like, if not now, when? Like now is the time to do it. Um, while on my travels, I did meet someone. We were engaged. Broke off that engagement. He traveled with me for three years out of the eight that I've been traveling already. We're no longer together. Um, that was a COVID relationship that broke up for the better good. Learned a lot. Grew a lot. Grateful for that relationship, but back single again. <laughs> okay, cool. So, um, so eight years, and you've been traveling, but but Metaje is your is your base, which is where you want to be. And what? So, from Thailand, how did you get to Colombia? What was it that took you to Colombia? Yeah. So while in um, in Thailand, and a couple of years before that as well. Um, ayahuasca was showing up for me for mm -hmm. for five years before I ever did ayahuasca and like someone in Thailand mentioned they just went on an ayahuasca journey I opened up a book they were talking about ayahuasca I put on an episode of Chelsea lately she's talking about going to Peru and doing ayahuasca I'm like okay ayahuasca sounds like this is something that I needed I need to do I knew that it was very healing I didn't know much else about it everything that I read about it or saw about it was like you're gonna have this crazy psychedelic experience you're gonna throw up you're gonna purge like she's gonna attack your ego first like it's gonna be horrendous so I'm like oh I'm I'm scared to do this also like I had a drug and alcohol problem so I'm like I'm gonna go do a bunch of drugs in the jungle that's gonna be a lot of fun <laughs> like I was very wrong so for a while ayahuasca was showing up for me so I went from Thailand I lived in Thailand for a year that was home base but I traveled all of Southeast Asia then I went to Europe and I am European so I lived there for a year or so then I went to Panama, was there for a bit, and then um, I met my partner, and I was judged by old partner, and I was just about to go to Colombia, and we met a week before I was about to go, and he's like, well, I like you. Can I come with you? I'm like, sure, why not? <laughs> so both of us came to Colombia, and in Colombia, um, a week into being there, I went to a conscious cannabis ceremony. And while in the ceremony, it was good versus evil in my head, constantly going for hours, like who I am, all of my thoughts, all of my memories, like all the people I've hurt, all the people I've let down, like all of my bad decisions that I've done in my life, just complete deterioration of my ego. Cause I've heard that ayahuasca was going to attack my ego first, but lo, lo and behold, the cannabis attacked my ego. <laughs> and I went to the bathroom afterwards, after the ceremony, I was washing my hands. And this was the first time I audibly ever heard spirit talk to me. Like I've always been very clairvoyant and claircognizant, um, never clear audience. So I heard a spirit talk to me saying, you're ready. And I'm looking around. I'm like, what am I ready for? Like, who's that talking to me? What's going on? The very next day, a friend of mine texts me. He's like, I'm going to an ayahuasca ceremony. Do you want to come? I'm like, yes, I'm ready now. I'm ready. Let's go. So plant medicine brought me to, um, to Colombia and something in my soul told me like, I need to go to Colombia. I didn't know what it was at the time. Now I definitely know I belong there. Like my soul belongs there. My heart's from there, but I didn't know at the time. Wow. Okay. So, um, so your journey started with the conscious cannabis in terms of the body changing and then you went and did ayahuasca. I, I did ayahuasca uh, four years ago and, um, you know, you're told not to have any expectations. And I'd heard of lots of people's weird and wonderful experiences. 
And mine was pretty friggin' boring, I have to say, because it just floored me. So I was just like this vegetable on the floor and um, I couldn't move. You know, there was there was some kind of hallucination, but I was listening to the other people in the room having their mad experiences and speaking to the world and purging continuously and all of that. And for me, I was just like, I couldn't move. And um and there was tears and, and that sort of thing. The next morning when we sort of had our little huddle and talked about our experiences, the shaman said to me, because I only did it in the UK, I didn't do it in, in Colombia or anywhere like that. And he said, have you got a very busy life? And, um, and I said, yeah, I have. And he said, well, she's telling you to chill the fuck out. And I was like, right (laughs) so give you what you need not what you want (laughs) yeah exactly and um and I have to say since then I have chilled a lot more than I ever ever used to be yeah beautiful so taking what she teaches you and integrating it I was just talking to a friend yesterday who went with me for his first time maybe two months ago to an ayahuasca trip and last weekend he went a, a second time I'm not in town at the moment so I couldn't go but the first time he had a very profound experience, he's, it was life changing for him. So I was asking how the trip went. And he's like, well, like, there's a bit of theater to ayahuasca, which I really like the drumming, the singing, like people throwing up, there's a lot of theater going on. But like, he's like, not every time is going to be life changing. And I did get some downloads and a couple things came through. And yes, it's not going to be life changing every time. And I've drank ayahuasca, I've been working with the medicine for six years, I've drank almost 70 times, I stopped counting after 50. So I don't really know exactly how many but it's not always going to be this crazy, profound experience. And the more that you drink it, the less of that crazy experience you actually get. It's those little shifts in life mm. that are those little shifts that ayahuasca shows you, which is a great correlation to like, how can you make little shifts in life? Like, how can I hold my breath 10 seconds longer? How can I stay in an ice bath 30 seconds longer? Those little shifts in life that are going to make you a better person. Ayahuasca showing you the same exact thing. It's a direct reflection of it. And so what was your first experience? Did you have like this life shift in? Yeah. I did. Yes. So after my first time, I'm like, holy shit, this thing is incredible. Every single person on this planet needs to try ayahuasca. This thing is incredible. (laughs) Pure bliss. She showed me so much. Um, She taught me so much. I went in with the intention of clarity. Um, You should always have an intention going in. Obviously don't have expectations because sometimes it'll be be life-changing. Sometimes it won't. She'll give you what you need, not what you want. But my first experience, I wanted clarity. Clarity of why my life turned out the way that it did, why I was sick, why things happened in my life, why my dad did certain things to me. I just wanted clarity. And she showed me all of that plus more, gave me a look um, on different perspectives that I've never even thought of, never imagined. But she showed me all of it in a beautiful, loving way. And then she took me to pure bliss, like pure, unconditional love that I've never really felt until that moment for the first time. And I was like, I'm in I'm in pure heaven right now. It is the most beautiful feeling, the most beautiful sensations, just like pure bliss. Like I was I was laying down and like just touching my arms and I'm like just touch is so magical right now. What is going on? It was it was incredible. 
I definitely know. I, again, I've been working with the medicine for a long time now. I know it is definitely not for everyone. Use the sermon, use your own intuition. If she's guiding you, yes, go ahead and do it. If she's not, then then use that intuition and don't do it just because all of your friends are doing ayahuasca, especially like I live in South America where it, where it is so accessible. There's a retreat, there's a ceremony every single weekend. And everyone's doing it. Like it's the cool thing to do just because all of your friends are doing it. Don't feel obligated that you need to do it. If something inside of you is telling you, no, this isn't for me, listen to that. Cause it could go very wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard there's been some horror stories, but they, they tend to be fewer and far between, don't they? Most people are fine with it. So, so what, um, obviously, you were a graphic designer and in marketing in the corporate world, you then left all that behind to run away basically in the first instance. Um, and I don't know, recover yourself and, and nurture yourself and all of that. And, and then along the way with all of the travels and then it's brought you to Columbia and you've, you've worked with the plant medicine for so long now. So what you do now, how did all of that come about and when did that start to come about for you? Yeah, so I left um, corporate America and I I was doing graphic design and marketing. It was really easy for me to transition into the online world doing graphic design. I also had quite a bit of freelance clients when I was still in corporate America. So the transition was very easy for me. And then about a year into my travels, I hired my first business coach. And he's like, well, you have a marketing degree. You've started multiple businesses already. Why don't you teach business? And I'm like, so that's a great idea. Why don't I? So I started business coaching at first. Also, I met a uh, I met an old partner as well who was doing business coaching as well. So like it all just made sense to me at that time. And then I really started getting on my spiritual path. I started working with the medicine. I started meditating more. I started channeling and I started learning all of these things and healing myself as well. Once I healed myself, I'm like, oh, I can help other people heal as well. And I'm a type of person, if I like something, I dive straight in and get like, I read all the books, watch all the videos on it, do all the things about it if I like something. So I started learning all of these different techniques and all these different modalities. And uh, I'm like, oh, if I can heal myself, I can help other people heal as well. So I started transitioning over into spiritual business coaching. I was also working with Bob Proctor's team at the time, doing law of attraction coaching. Um, And so I was like, okay, spiritual business coaching, focusing more on, yes, business coaching still, but attracting your ideal clients, making sure your energy is right, getting rid of money beliefs, any kind of old money stories, more on the spiritual side than like the actual business strategy side. So that went on for about two years. And then business was just draining me. (laughs) I was like, I don't want to teach business anymore. So I'm like, let's transition back into full-on spiritual coaching. And that's what I do now, spiritual coaching and slash personal development, more or less. So how long have you been doing that? And and who is your ideal client if there is such a thing? And where do they come from? Yes. So I've been coaching total for about seven years, spiritual coaching for about four years now. Um, so my company is called Expansion Alchemy, and it is an online learning school in the realms of personal development, health, relationships, spirituality, and business. We have 12 teachers on staff, on board, 12 mentors, all teaching under one of those subjects. I have about three teachers per each of the subjects. 
and they all give one live class a month. And we do B2C as well as B2B getting into the corporate market to help companies and be a mental wellness benefit for employees as well. Um, so most of my stuff right now, most of our clients, we're a brand new company. We've only been around less than a year. Uh, most of our clients are B2C at the moment coming from my social media, my email marketing, um, just organic marketing thus far. And then all of our teachers have affiliate links as well. So all of our teachers are promoting um, the school as well. And then they get a percentage of the income that comes in. And then from the B2C or B2B side, um, I just hired this week a lead generation company as well as closers. So hopefully that starts moving along very soon. And how do you see it working? So in the corporate world, obviously, it's a whole different ballgame to dealing with individuals. Um, and it's a longer sales cycle and all of those things that you've got to take into account. How do you see, and I don't know, are you sort of, are you attracting or are you wanting to work with corporates that are just all over the world or is it specific to South America? And how do you see spiritual coaching? How does a corporate buy into that? Because I know I know spirituality is is a lot bigger. So I'm not selling it as spiritual coaching. I'm selling right. it as a personal development, mental wellness benefit for employees. Got you. Because I focus first, I'm saying personal development, health relationships, then spirituality, and then finances. So the way that I'm selling it for corporations is very different than I'm selling it for the B2C markets. B2C, I'm saying spirituality first. B2B, I'm saying personal development first, because that's going to be a lot more acceptable in the corporate world than spirituality first. And companies are a lot more open to it right now. Um, for With Ayahuasca, for example, like there's a lot of CEOs talking about going off on going to Peru, doing this crazy psychedelic experience and coming back to real life and then 3Xing, 10Xing their businesses in the next, their revenue in the next 10 years. And that's a crazy spiritual experience. So more companies are starting to be open about it. More companies are open to just being in that forefront and then helping their employees as well more companies are looking to invest into their employees okay interesting um I'm not sure I mean I'm not in the corporate world these days but I still have a foot in it because I still do coaching myself in in that world but the whole ayahuasca CEO thing that doesn't seem to be a big thing in the UK not yet anyway but that'll be interesting when that comes because it, it will come at some point um I'm looking for that because I have a couple of things in the works with me. So follow along um, okay. with certain things that I'm doing that specifically talks to CEOs and companies going and doing ayahuasca. Amazing. Okay, cool. And what's the book? So you're a best-selling author. What was the book that you wrote? So the first book is called Rebel's Guide to Spirituality. Um, that is just my book. And it came about during COVID for me. So in COVID, I, I did what I know how to do best. I meditated seven times a day. And in for about two, three months, I kept getting the message, right, right, right. I'm like, universe, what do you want me to write? I am not a writer. I used to have a travel blog that I quit because I'm like, I hate writing. This is not for me. <laughs> Um, so I just kept getting the message right. And I was on a massage table one day, being in flow, being in the feminine, receiving, and I heard Rebel's Guide to Spirituality. I was like, oh shit, I'm writing a book. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I've never done this before, but I guess this is what I'm, Spirit wants me to do now. 
Um, so I set a goal. I wrote a thousand words every single day. I'm like a thousand words is like a blog post. I could write a thousand words Monday through Friday. Like that's doable for me. Set a goal for myself. Um, two months after I published it, it became a bestseller. Then the second book, and that's pretty much my story about my spiritual journey. Hang on a minute. Um, yeah, I, I wrote a thousand words a day. Two months later, it's a bestseller. Come on. What, what, how did you get to that point? <laughs> I was sitting in a cafe with a girlfriend of mine and I'm like, I'm going to finish this book in four months. She's like, Anya, you're crazy. You know, it takes people 10 years to write books. I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to write it in four months. She's like, okay. And like rolls her eyes at me. Four months later, I set a goal to write a thousand words a day, Monday through Friday, no excuses. Like I'm not going to bed until a thousand words are written. So I wrote the book in four months. I got it edited in about a month and a half. Then I published it. Two months after I got it published, it became a bestseller. Did you self-publish or? Yes. You yeah. did? The message was so strong for me that I was like, if I go to a regular publisher, like it's going to take two years for me to get it published fully. So I'm like, I need to self-publish it. Like it's going to be, that's fine. <laughs> and it's about your spiritual journey. So it's, it starts off. In yeah, my spirit, yeah, my spiritual journey, my path, my healing path as well, but it is also a guide. So after each chapter, there's a meditation, there's a tapping, there's a Reiki session for the reader to implement whatever they are, uh, they are learning from that chapter. Yeah. Okay. And then you started to say there's a second book. Yes. The second one um, is called Women Gone Wild, the Wealth Edition, and that is a co-authored book series. Um, so I'm, I only wrote a chapter inside that book. And it's all about what women's definition of a wealth means. OK. And this two months in the jungle. Tell me about that. <laughs> yes. So ayahuasca has been showing me pretty much from day one that I sat with the medicine, that this is my path. This is what I need to be doing, just engrove myself fully in ayahuasca. And she just kept showing me and showing me like, you, you need to do this. Like, you need to do this. I'm like, I'm scared. Like, that's a, that's a big responsibility. And I've wanted to facilitate ayahuasca retreats for a while. I just opened up a retreat center in Colombia. Um, haven't done any ayahuasca retreats until I go back to the jungle and like fully learn how to do that. But it's a two month program, um, jungle school, ayahuasca school, pretty much where I'm getting initiated into the Shipibo tribe. I'm going to learn all the dietas, all the prayers, all the ikaros, all the protections, how to hold the space for people. I'll be making my own ayahuasca. It's a two month long process. I'll be drinking every other day as well um it's a lot <laughs> so I I don't know um an immense amount about the shaman world but my understanding uh I read uh the shaman in stilettos if that's what it's called I don't know if you've ever read it if you haven't it's a great book um and that was a British woman that went on this journey and, and ended up being recognized as a shaman and then she but her training was a lot longer than two months so I'm only doing the facilitator training. I do. I am not going to be a shaman. Ah, right. Got you. Okay. 
That's what I was going to say. Is much longer. Also, like me personally, I believe that shamans are born into the lineage of yeah. shamanism. Um, I don't believe a five foot tall white girl from Chicago should be a shaman. Like they're going to look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> but uh, I'm only facilitating. I'm holding the space for them. I'm also going to be doing pre-integration and post-integration coaching with everyone. I will be working with a separate shaman. Got you. Okay. That's where I was, I was getting confused. So you're very excited about that. I'm very excited about that. <laughs> um, and so so once you've done that, and obviously that's going to have a whole world of experience for you if you're doing ayahuasca every other day, that'll be interesting. Um, so you're going to be facilitating retreats. You're going to, you've got your corporate and your B2B, sorry, your B2C coaching. Um, you've, done another book or you're doing another book part of that second book um what else is on the horizon or is that enough to keep you going for the next couple of years that's enough to keep me going but yes I am working on another book the book is all about ayahuasca right um, bringing the spirituality the woo as well as the science behind it as well um what happens to the body what happens to the brain what happens to your blood composition inside your body in order for people to be actually healing and for to be changing for example I know someone that I'm going to be interviewing for the book that cured Lyme disease with ayahuasca I know I have another acquaintance who did heroin for 20 years and then all of a sudden did ayahuasca once stop doing heroin like what happens in the brain that people are curing diseases and getting rid of addictions like what really happens so mi mixing the spirituality as well as the science and for the science part of it I just got on board a really big name that I'm excited about and not ready to share just yet to help me with the research about that um, at the jungle school. And then I also committed it to a, a really big talk. That's about the little snippet of <laughs> things that I'll just say for now um, about ayahuasca as well. Okay. Wow. You've got a lot going on then. Um, yes. And I, I know this is jumping back a little bit, but I, I didn't catch the question in time uh, while you were talking and I didn't want to interrupt your flow. You talked about having anxiety um, in Chicago and like Western medicine just wasn't cutting it. And I, I completely resonate, especially literally just before we jumped on this call, I was in a Western GP's office, doctor's office with my son. Um, and I knew it was just going to be a waste of time. And it was. Um, so I'm intrigued to know how you went from being anxious to resolving that without Western medicine. What was the main thing for you, do you think? Honestly, meditation. <laughs> meditation alone fixed 80% of my problems. I had a really profound experience on ayahuasca a couple months ago, which she showed me and um, this I figured what anxiety is. So she pretty much said like, anxiety is you constantly being in your mind. It's that monkey chatter constantly going. You are not your mind. So if we learn to quiet our minds, anxiety goes away. And that's exactly what I did. I learned to quiet my mind through meditation. And all of a sudden, my anxiety went away. Do you know what triggered it, your anxiety? Stress. Just from the job or? From the job, from stress with um, trauma with my family, life, um, just stress mostly. Mm. 
obviously here and there I'll still get anxiety if I'm having like a crazy busy day. I'm like, ah, I have so much to do. Like it gives me, makes me a little anxious, but it's nothing. Like I'm not getting panic attacks every day and like anxiety attacks every day. So it's nothing what it used to be. And you used to have panic attacks every day, did you? Yeah. Practically. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So meditation, 80%. Did you ever do any sort of talk therapy, any psychotherapy, anything like that? I did. Yes. Yeah. And would you say that? Yeah, it didn't help much. It didn't? No, okay. unfortunately. Um, I'm asking because um, this is all the stuff that's been, you know, I'm very on the energy side of things. I'm a Reiki practitioner myself. Um, and I believe in, you know, having the awareness of the energy so the energy can move through the system, et cetera, et cetera. Um, my 24-year-old son is not quite on board with all of that. So that's why I'm sort of asking you about this because he's, you know, He's on his journey. Yeah, it's for some people. It's not for everyone. Try anything. Like get to a point where you're trying everything. And again, like some modalities work for some people, some don't. This is why I'm certified in so many different modalities. Not everything works for everyone. Just try what works for you and see what works for you. And then um, hopefully you find the right thing. For example, my sister right now, she just started doing talk therapy and she loves it. She loves it. She found a therapist that she absolutely loves. And she's like, this is incredible. Like if I tell her, go meditate or like do some EFT tapping, she's like, you're crazy. Like this isn't going to work for me. (laughs) Got you. Okay. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Um, So if people want to know more about you, Anya, um, and what you're up to and obviously your books and all that sort of stuff, where's the best place for them to find you? So my website, anyahalama.com. And then on Instagram, I'm at Anya Travels. And then everywhere else on social media, I'm pretty much at Anya Halama. Okay, cool. I'll put that in the show notes, obviously. And I like to finish these conversations with anything you feel called to share. Mm, Just follow your dreams, follow whatever um, your heart really desires. Sometimes some things might call you, other things might not. So just follow what that intuition is telling you and take that leap of faith. If it's moving across the country, going to Thailand or sitting with ayahuasca, just follow that intuition and take that leap of faith. Yeah, absolutely. Faith and trust. It all comes down to that, doesn't it? Well, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to meet you. And um, and I wish you all the best with Jungle School. And uh, I'm sure you're going to absolutely love it. But thank you so much. The listeners are going to love this. Thank you so much, Mel. It was a pleasure. If you enjoyed that conversation or were inspired in any way, please, please leave me a review on iTunes. It's the best way for other people to find my podcast and be inspired themselves. If you'd like to know more about me and my coaching, you can find me at melclarkcoaching.com, Clark with an E on the end, or email me at mel at melclarkcoaching.com.